personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. Welcome back to the Liebcast. Still with us is Eric Rubel of Warshaw Burstein. This guy is one of the best divorce lawyers in the tri-state area. He was telling us he goes to other states to go get the kids back. And I got questions, though, because Eric was telling Lauren and I about his new platform, New York City Private Justice, which deals with addressing the financial in a divorce. And they could do it through an arbitration and save time. But Eric, here's the part I don't get. If it's Lauren's fault, how come I don't get Never everything? It's Lauren's fault. Never I, fault. She cheated on me. Why don't hey, I get everything? I don't cheat. Fault doesn't play a role in the distribution of assets. It's quite simple. Only egregious fault. And egregious fault is defined as something that's very serious, such as um, I had a case many, many years ago in Brooklyn, and the court found egregious fault and did a disproportionate division of assets. Why? Because the husband took a revolver that was loaded and put it in his wife's mouth and threatened to kill her. So I would say that's a big one. And I read that on April 3rd, 2020, this year, that would actually not even just be egregious fault because isn't there acts of domestic violence as a new grounds to separate property? Like, I feel like this is a big thing that's going on right now. And putting a revolver in my mouth, Lauren, that's domestic violence. That's not okay. (laughs) Note to self. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yes, so yes and no. So, um, domestic violence has been part of the domestic relations law uh, for several years. It was part of the, one of the factors that was considered in, um, in, in maintenance, in spousal support, whether someone, because the effects of domestic violence are extreme. They affect the victim's ability to earn. They have lost days at work. They have um, uh, it, medical issues, um, so it's a very impa- it's very impactful on the victim's ability to earn. And then this year, uh, this, the state legislature in, uh, in, um, increased the number of, of factors to consider, and one of them being domestic violence because it does have an impact, and it should have an impact should, on yeah. what the victim um, had to go through. Eric, you and I are using big words, and Lauren's rolling her eyes at me as we're doing this in the studio, so I'm hoping you could clear something up. Dumb it down. What is maintenance versus equitable distribution? What are these words? Sure. Maintenance is a fancy term that we use for spousal support in New York. It used to be called alimony. Um, There was an alimony statute, and then it became the maintenance statute, um, and it's just a fancy way of saying spousal support. In New York, we have guidelines um, on how much support someone will receive and for how long. They are discretionary. Um, in certain cases, it depends on the amount of income involved and the length of the marriage and other factors. Um, equal distribution is, a, is simply the division of assets. We prescribe in New York a method where we look at several factors, um, length of the marriage, what the parties earned, contributions of either spouse to the marriage, um, those types of things in dividing the assets and the liabilities. And so it's not an necessarily an equal division. We're not like California where we have community property and everything is divided 50-50. We look at it, take all the facts, all the circumstances, 
and then make a, the court makes a decision on how the assets should be divided. And it's not always 50-50. So what I think a lot of people don't understand, and I'm hoping that you can help me here, is the biggest thing besides the children of where a top matrimonial attorney comes in is how to deal with this equitable distribution. You mentioned the word maintenance and you said there's guidelines there. But the when you deal with equitable distribution, what is separate property? What is marital property? How does separate property become marital property? And when you're using things like stocks and dividing up companies. So what I don't understand, and I, well, I'm hoping you can tell me is, is there anything that's mine in this marriage anymore? Lauren told me when we did our vows, I had to say, all my property is my property. No, all my property is her property and all of her property is her property. Yeah, that was part mine. of the vows. Everything's hers. Do I have anything in this life, Eric? Uh, well, if you did those vows, I, I do think you're, you're kind of um, mm. up the creek. But, you know, <laughs> for anyone else, <laughs> the rules would apply differently. So separate property is, a, is created by statute. Separate property is property that you own prior to the marriage, that you acquire through an inheritance, get money from a sister or an aunt or your parents, um, a, um, a personal injury award. Um, that those things are, are separate property, and they remain separate property forever, provided that you don't mix them with marital property. Marital property is everything, everything that you acquire between the date of the marriage and the date that a divorce action is commenced. Anything you earn during the marriage, that is marital property. It also becomes a little bit murkier when you have the appreciation of property. Yeah. You have something that you had prior to the marriage. I owned 100 shares. If you had owned 100 shares of IBM stock. I did. Okay. And you owned it prior to the marriage. You never sold it. You never, never did anything to it. And Still it goes mine. up in value. And then you get divorced. If you didn't do anything, the appreciation of that is passive. It purely went up by market forces. You could not control the, the price of that stock. Therefore, that appreciation, if it's passive, is your separate property. I like this. However, if you owned shares in the family business, I do. You were a ten percent old owner. Yep. And you worked in the business. And Laura made me lunch that, every day to go to work. You, <laughs> she did peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Nutty. And you go to work and you do the, and, and the business increases in value, that increase in value, that appreciation of your separate property is now marital property. So let's do it from a different scenario because what I'm most interested in is investment real estate. And I want to know, I have separate investment real estate. It's not a triple net lease. I'm an active landlord. I had it before marriage. I remain an active landlord. Lauren does nothing with it besides makes me that peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day when I leave. If we were to get divorced, does she own any of that investment property? Who do I represent? Well, obviously, I hired you. I know that Eric Rubel is the best complex litigator when it comes to matrimonial issues. So is that really a tough question? It's a tough question depending upon what you really do. So if it's a bill and collect and you merely have the same tenant in there the whole time and all they're doing is sending you rent, 
I would argue on your behalf that that is a, a passive appreciation. You haven't had to do anything. It's the lease has been for 10 years. Tenant pays. I haven't had to do anything, no renovations. Everything is great. Very minor repairs. Then I would argue that that, is, that that appreciation in that building has been passive. However, how did you report the income on your income tax return? Tax estoppel is really a drag. And we yes. find that when people put their tax returns and you try and get creative, you can often harm yourself. That's very smart stuff, Eric. I like that. That's why what I think is very important, and I used the word prenup before, and it calls to planning. And a question I get, because you know we do real estate litigation over at Leave at Law, a question that I get at my law firm often is when the parents want to give investment property to their children, but they don't want spousey poo to ever get it. How do they set this up in the planning in the best way possible? And you're suggesting to me that the income tax returns are very important. Is there anything else I should be telling these people to say if spousey poo tried to get their claws into it, how do we keep the claws away? I think if you're going to do um, estate planning or succession planning on a business, regardless of if it's real estate or any kind of other business, it is important and imperative to have a matrimonial lawyer discuss it because how you structure the deal is going to be extremely important. Are you giving the shares to the children? How are you giving the shares to the children? Many times these families set up a way of um, they, they uh, transfer the interest and then they take back a promissory note and then they use earnings from the child while they're in the business, to pay off the note. Well, now you're using marital earnings to pay off the purchase of this separate property interest. You have now converted it to marital property. Brilliant. Unbelievable. Absolutely the wrong way to do it. (laughs) But if you use that structure and the parent gives the child a gift every year and the gift is used to pay back the note, The gift is separate property. The payback of the note is separate property. Now you've protected that interest. If you're like me and you're listening to this and you're saying to yourself, my my marriage is good. Life's fine. But my kids, I don't know. I want to know these types of things because I have business. I have real estate. And I don't want to make the wrong turn here or there. You got to speak to a matrimonial guy like Eric Rubel over at Warshore Burstein. He's been so helpful for us. He created the New York City Private Justice Arbitration System. This guy knows his stuff. Eric, you've been a delight. Thank you so much for joining the Liebcast. You're awesome. Have a great one. Thank you for having me. Find us on social media at Listen to Lieb or visit listentolieb.com. Buying or selling a house, condo, co-op, or investment property? Call the closing attorneys at Liebet Law PC to be protected throughout the process at 631-878-4455. That's Liebet Law at 308 West Main Street, Suite 100, Smithtown, New York, 631-878-4455. Or visit us on the web at LiebetLaw.com. That's L-I-E-B, LiebetLaw.com.